0: The Minnesota Wild play the Edmonton Oilers for a third time here in the month of December. We break down the matchup today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your
1: daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome into today's pregame edition of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked On Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's pregame edition of Locked On Wild, Tom Gazzola joins us to talk about Wild Oilers Round 3 as we look at what led to the Oilers getting a win last time around, and some keys to tonight's matchup at Xcel Energy Center. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild Insider, and as mentioned, we bring in Tom Gazzola. Tom, thanks for joining me. Third time these teams have played in the month of December, which is kind of odd, isn't it, to be that stacked up so close? It's been a weird year with the schedule, hasn't it? Like, for
1: every team. The Oilers have had a dumb schedule uh everybody i bring on to my show for the pre and post game that comes on from other markets says the same thing about their respective clubs it's been a just a, a extremely weird schedule all around i think and these three games in what a dozen days uh two trips to mini one up here in edmonton last week is silly but uh <laughs> that's the way it goes i seth i still remember i think it was 2011 or 2012 when i was hosting oilers tv and on the road with the team. We were in mini, I think, three or four times, and Edmonton, Minnesota played each other six times in a 36-game span, and I believe there was also a couple of preseason games in there, where I I felt like I was uh, a resident of uh, the (laughs) Twin Cities, and I really got to know St. Paul quite well. I I spent a lot of time at Tom Reed's, and uh, it it was just bizarre, but those were the days of the old Northwest Division, and and even still, I guess, I guess this stretch kind of harkens back to those days a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Now, last time out, the Oilers got the win against the Wild 5-2. to And it was Stuart Skinner in net. And I think that was one of the big differences between round one and round two is you go from Jack Campbell to Stuart Skinner. Just how much has he kind of helped solidify the, uh, the goalie presence for the Oilers with Jack Campbell uh, struggling so far this year?
1: Yeah, it, a lot is, is the quick answer. Is he's been a pleasant surprise. You know, this is kind of his progress through the years. Every, every year, every level he stepped up into, whether it was from junior to the ECHL, from the ECHL to the AHL, AHL to the NHL, it's taken a little bit of time. But Stuart Skinner, when he finds his rhythm, he becomes really, really good. And I think we're in the process of watching Stuart Skinner become really, really good. He's got flaws to his game. He's still a rookie goaltender. Uh, there have been some rough moments this year, but without him, this Oilers team would not be where it's at right now. Probably would be on the outside looking in of a of a Western Conference wild card spot. And you know, Jack Campbell surprisingly has a good, or he has a over five hundred record, but his game has been extremely spotty. Uh, we saw that game December first at, at XL Energy Center and. That kind of sums up the type of year Campbell's had. Like whether he's um, – when he is solid, like they usually win, the Oilers do, but he still coughs up three-plus goals a game. And when they are on a night where they need a save or two, like we saw in mini a couple of weeks ago, he, he can't provide. So it's, it's been this weird dichotomy for Jack Campbell this year. And despite that, he still has a, a, a winning record, but it, the numbers are and the averages are terrible. And uh, we got a full glimpse of that in his last couple of starts.
0: Could not have had a better start to the season for Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl as they combined have, uh, I believe it's 100 points total so far in the season, which is just crazy. And, yeah. you know, the more, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Anytime you play the Oilers, it's all about trying to stop those two. And yet we see so many teams that just fail to be able to limit those guys in their opportunities.
1: Yeah. Don't take penalties because they'll, they'll bite you on the power play. And it's just, these guys have now kind of, you know, reached the summit and the peak of their game. You know, they're, they're in the meat of their career. They've just hit the prime. And and we get to watch the, these two go to work every night. And it's masterful. It really is. And it's, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to cover hockey players like this. And like you truly understand and, and, have an appreciation for the greats. And, you know, I've had the the good fortune of seeing a ton of them come through Edmonton and absolutely destroy the Oilers over the course of the last 14, 15 seasons. And now there's two here in Edmonton in Oilers colors that are kind of doing that to the opposition. Um, Now with team success, that's, that's a bit of a different story. Although we saw some last year, but these guys are on fire, Seth. And you're right. Like you have to stop them. Otherwise you're in trouble. However, With this Oilers team, despite its injuries to a bunch of guys in in the top nine forward group, uh, there's still no Warren Fogle, who was playing well before he got hurt. Ryan McLeod, who's kind of an emerging centerman for this Oilers team, still injured. Kyler Yamamoto has just been back for three games now, scored his first goal the other night against many of the season. Uh, He's been dealing with a rash of injuries but he's back. So there's there's been another line that's kind of popped up that might surprise you, and it's Clem Costin, Derek Ryan, and Devin Shore. Oddly enough, you know, they're kind of in this little stretch here where they're putting up points and, and providing some secondary scoring. And the defense has kind of chipped in here and there as well, which has helped bolster the McDavid-Dryseidel-Hyman line which is one that uh, we're going to get you know, a good look at quite a bit tonight because uh, Jay Woodcroft leans on that line a ton.
0: Uh, final one before we uh, look at some of the picks to click and such for the game. I did want to ask you about Evander Kane. I know he's been out of the lineup and uh, a big contributor to this team when he is in. Any timetable as to when he's expected to be back on the ice?
1: It's still the three, four months that was um, – kind of you know, announced when he suffered that laceration to his wrist. Obviously very scary. Uh, the way he described it was right down to the bone when Pat Maroon kind of skated over. Yeah, not, not for the squeamish. And uh, as, as I get older, I, I cringe at stuff like that. But uh, the specialists have looked at it recently. He's been on the ice in full gear handling pucks. That's a good sign. And it's just over a month since that injury happened back on November 8th in Tampa. But uh, I think with something like this and reattaching nerves and muscles and, and all of that inside the wrist, it, it's something that I think needs its full time to heal. So good indications that he's, he's on the ice and he's handling pucks and stuff like that. But uh, I don't think we're going to be talking about Vander Kane in the Oilers lineup for at least another two months. And then, you know, in two months time, we'll, we'll start to hear the rumblings that, hey, this guy might be back pretty, pretty soon here.
0: Sure. Well, uh, like you alluded to, some guys stepping up to uh, help fill some of that lack of production. So, should be uh, should be interesting to see how it plays out. And we'll dive further into this matchup as we continue today's pregame edition of Lockdown Wild. After this, today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Lockdown Wild, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Safe is offering Lockdown Wild listeners 40% off a new security system, but don't put this offer off or you will miss out. Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News & World Report for a third year in a row. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system, Get forty percent off any new system at simplysafe.com/lockedonNHL today. That's simplysafe.com/lockedonNHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Today's episode also brought to you by BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info, plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing our pregame edition of Locked on Wild, thank you for tuning in as we gear up for tonight's matchup between the Wild and the Edmonton Oilers. Tom, from your perspective, what is the thing that concerns you the most about the Minnesota Wild heading into this game?
1: Uh, The fact that they can exploit Edmonton's poorest defensive game, (laughs) and they've done that. They did it a couple weeks ago in mini, but uh, Edmonton surprisingly put together a really nice Defensive effort last week on Friday, and and I think that's what contributed to the win. I know Mini has a, a focus of getting to the slot, creating chaos in front of goaltenders, and and that's something that they've done quite well. Uh, they had a bunch of slot shots. I think it was 16 slot shots on Friday, and and you know Stuart Skinner was good at gobbling those up. There weren't a ton of juicy rebounds for Wild players to get at. Edmonton's defense did a half decent job of of clearing the front, which was a pleasant surprise. And it's not just the Oilers' back end that has had its struggles. It's been the five man unit in front of the goalies, whether or not it's Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell. It's just discombobulated, I think, is a good way to describe Edmonton's defensive zone. And there's times where the defense are having a relatively good game and they're getting pucks up and they're moving them to the fours and there's good outlets. And then the Oilers' forwards can't get pucks out because they're getting pressured or they just have self inflicted wounds. So Edmonton's defense is an issue. And, and the fact that many is able to exploit that with most teams, uh, Edmonton could be right for the picking again tonight, even though these two teams went to head head to head a couple of days ago. So that's what really worries me about the wild when it comes to them facing Edmonton is the fact that if they get aggressive, they get hungry, they get the matchups they want uh, at XL energy center, then that could be trouble for the Oilers again like we saw a couple of weeks ago in the first go-around between these two clubs. But if Edmonton can lock it down, uh, find ways to keep minis forwards to the outside, avoid as many uh, slot shots, then I think that could be a recipe for success. And then when Edmonton inevitably does give up those high danger chances, Stuart Skinner is there. If you can make those saves, Edmonton's got a shot.
0: With the fact that the Wild have this one at home, they'll get the opportunity for last change, which will mean a lot of the grief line against McDavid and Dreisaitl, which is the, uh, the defensive weapon the Wild want to put in those situations. So assuming that that ends up being the focal point, and this you did talk about this a little bit in just talking about the Oilers to start today's episode, but which line then becomes the one that needs to kind of help them out to uh, be able to put some goals on the board?
1: Yeah, it, and, you know, I'm not banking on on the cost in uh, Derek Ryan, <laughs> Devin Shoreline to be, you know, just racking up the point totals. It's been a pleasant surprise the last couple of games, and, and you'll take those certainly. But it, it has to be the Matthias Janmark, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Kyler Yamamoto line. Nugent Hopkins has been excellent, specifically on the power play this year. His five-on-five game has gotten better. There was a lot of naysayers the last couple of years here in Edmonton and Northern Alberta saying he's not a centerman, he's not an elite player he's just a winger now he's kind of shut them up this year Seth. honestly and this is a guy that's been in the league for almost a dozen years he's played center for like nine out of that 11 seasons he's been in the league he's had two off years he's admitted that um but now he's starting to look like the guy that we saw in in 2019 2020 that was on pace for a 30 goal season Uh, 70 to 80 point campaign, maybe even 80 plus, depending on how he finished up that year. But we know COVID messed up everything for a lot of people and Nugent Hopkins included. But he's moving his feet. He looks really good. He's able to drive his own line, which is excellent. His face-offs aren't particularly great, but the offense has been there. Matthias Janmark has stepped up and he's done a good job filling in that second line left wing spot. And if Kyler Yamamoto is 100% healthy, continues to be a little spark plug in there and uh, can buzz around and create havoc and play inside of the opposition's equipment, as coaches like to say, then that second line could be a nice stress relief for the top line of uh, McDavid, Drysettle and Zach Hyman.
0: I'll leave you with this one, Tom, and appreciate the time in previewing this game. Kirill Kaprizov had his 14-game point streak snapped against the Vancouver Canucks, and as somebody who gets to watch Connor McDavid on a nightly basis – You know how rare it is for players like that to be held off the score sheet. And so uh, I know obviously going to put a lot of attention on Kaprizov, but don't be surprised if he has one of those games here tonight uh, to try to start a new point streak uh, here this evening.
1: I would not be surprised at all. As a matter of fact, if I had a few shekels to throw on a prop bet like that, I would because the Oilers are the perfect uh, punching bag for any type of milestone any type of uh, slump that needs to be busted, and in this case, like you say with Kaprizov, if he wants to start a nice new streak, Edmonton is, is a prime candidate to, to start it against, to be honest with you. It's just, it's just how the hockey gods have been to this Oilers franchise and, and you know these embattled Edmonton fans over the last two, three decades even.
0: Tom, thank you for the time previewing tonight's matchup. uh, Should be a good one here tonight between the uh, Wild and the Oilers. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Catch us post-game with a Locked on Wild postcast as we recap the action. And make sure you are sticking to Locked on Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts so that you don't miss out on any Wild-related news all throughout the week. We've got new episodes coming at you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.